The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Cisco Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Let's play some football! Run right through the back of him. Run right through the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Hey, welcome into another edition of Daytime Fireworks. We got another special edition episode here with JD Pickell of On Three. You've probably seen him everywhere YouTube, Twitter, host of The Hard Count. He is uh, the college football analyst, uh, the face of the program, if you will. JD, welcome into the show, man. That's quite an intro, man. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited <laughs> to talk some ball. We were talking before we got on here. Uh, Saturday is going to be a glorious thing. We got ball back, and, and we yep. got uh, a lot to to unpack as we get into the season, man. A lot of fun. Appreciate you having me on. Me and you talked at SEC Media Days. Uh, we we were kind of talking shop, but mostly just hanging. Um, but you talked to pretty much everybody there. Um, Lane Kiffin obviously made some headlines at Media Days, as he normally does with his antics and his, his uh, dry sense of humor. But in terms of the football team in 2023 – um what uh what are some early impressions i guess the uh the main bullet points for you with old miss this year yeah like you said you and i talked about it a little bit at media day but everyone wants to talk about bama and, and lsu and they should i mean those are obviously the the two top dogs before we get to playing games heading into the season and, and that's out of the sec but old miss man like if they can figure it out at quarterback like they won eight games last year with Jackson Dart having like a two to one touchdown interception ratio. And so if they could kind of just get a little bit more improvement from that position group, whether it's him, whether it's Sanders or what have you, like, I think that could be a game changer for them. I think that changes the way that teams have to play them. It makes them substantially more multiple and, and defensively, like with, with Pete Golding, they should be improved defensively. Um, I think that's kind of the consensus is, is the structure of that defense should just do some more things for them. But no, man, I mean, it really, it, it's, it's cliche, but it really does go back to the quarterback room. If they can be more explosive, light of the box for, uh, for Quinshawn Judkins, I think some good things could happen. I've told Ole Miss fans that have asked for my opinion on the year that it, it just kind of sucks. It's bad timing for your crossover East opponent to be the two-time defending national champions. Uh, the schedule's tough, but uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the portal additions on offense. They've got two dynamic receivers and uh, what most people say around Oxford, an NFL tight end in Caden Priestcorn from Memphis. But you already talked about you know, the weapons and, and dart being more comfortable and, and being more effective, you know, lightening up that box for Quinshawn Judkins. But I think last year, Malik Heath and Jonathan Mingo were as good as anybody in the SEC. Mingo was, was banged up a lot, but he was still effective when he was healthy. But as far as what they've added, how, how much more dynamic do you think Kiffin and that offense can be this year? 
I think they can be very dynamic. And I, I think a lot of it does come back to just like we talked about, like, is your quarterback able to get them the ball consistently? Because, I mean, Zachary Franklin from UTSA, like, you can get it up and go now. Like, you, you just got to make sure you get him the ball and get it into him in space and not have this thing where he's got to reach behind him and has to break stride. Like, get him the rock, let him work, and let him do his thing in space. So, it's, it's kind of a – you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Does your quarterback play have to be better or your receiver play have to be better for your quarterback play to be better? So they obviously kind of go hand in hand. But no, I mean, I think if we know anything about Lane Kiffin, I think he's one of the best offensive minds in football. And year after year, he shows that he is willing to adapt and kind of have that next evolution to to fit his personnel. So I'm really curious not to make this the Jackson Dart show, but I'm really curious to see what his progression is like in that system. Because last year, a lot of the talking points were, hey, Jackson Dart, really good player, highly recruited for a reason. We saw what he did at USC. Um, and there's a reason, like I said, why a lot of people wanted him out of the portal. Um, a big piece of of his progression and a big piece of what we talked about last year with him is, hey, he's never been in the RPO system before. And that system as a whole, I mean, like you got to be dialed in. You got to kind of see the, the the next thing that the defense is doing before they even do it because it happens really quick when when you go to that mesh with the running back you got to kind of anticipate a lot so I think just instinctually getting more reps getting getting a full year under his belt now um, if he kicks it up a notch that's going to elevate those receivers that's going to elevate the Ole offense and, and they'll score a lot of points so not a not super trendy analysis there but I think it really does come back to if we got Darty season in Oxford to me, it, it, the tight end is where I think it hinges seven, eight wins to nine, maybe shocking the world and winning 10 again. Um, for only the second time in program history, Kiffin did it for the first time ever in 2021. But in 2020, pandemic season, um, abbreviated schedule. But when they had a tight end, and I'll do respect to the guys on the on the roster the, the last couple of years, Kenny Aboa comes from Temple immediate jolt to the offense was a dynamic piece opened up the middle of the field that stretched you know horizontally for everyone else elijah moore um just destroyed people because there was a lot of attention on the tight end you had to honor that guy over the middle i think priest is going to be that guy i think they expect him to be that guy this year um where last year they were just kind of piecemealing it together mingo played tight end at times last year just to try to get a, a playmaker on the field um so I think if they can stay healthy, that's the big thing for me offensively is just they can be much more dynamic and Dart will have a lot more options across the board, whereas last year it was just, hey, you're two outside guys, and that's really it. Um, Pete Golding, let's we switch to defense. I know there's a lot of buzz about him, and um, I know the Bama fans like to blame him for the demise, if you want to call it that, last year, but uh, still a top 15 unit. Um He's got the rubber stamp from Nick Saban. Says he's as impressive um, as anyone on the board. He's as impressive as anyone in a in a recruiting living room. Um, Ole Miss, I think last year at times it didn't get talked about enough. They were good enough defensively in a lot of games to win them ball games, and the offense just couldn't get their act together. Um, what do you think Pete Golding can do in year one with uh, a lot of new faces, a lot of transfers, but? Um, just his track record, how do you think that translates to Ole Miss? No, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. If if Nick Saban trusts you to coach your team 
on the defensive side of the football, which that, I mean, that is his pride and joy. Those DBs are his babies. If he trusts mm-hmm. you to run that side of the opposition, even if it's just for one year, I mean, that, that means something. So I think just because it, it didn't work at Alabama doesn't mean the people at Ole Miss shouldn't be overwhelmingly excited to have him as the DC. Um, like you said, a lot, a lot of question marks, like what are these new pieces going to look like? Uh, I'd be lying to you if I told you I knew without a shadow of a doubt what that would be. Uh, Sunterin Perkins, I know he's a guy that's generated a, a lot of buzz um, over at OM Spirit, and for good reason. I mean, Bama wanted him too. So yeah, it's kind of a kind of a non-answer for you there when it comes to what to expect from Pete Golding. But I think what we need to do is kind of get set on, hey, th- this is a good DC. Like the mm-hmm. standard is the standard at Bama. Like it's you're always graded on a curve over there. But let's let's not be quick to point to what happened at Bama when we're evaluating Pete Golding and what he's doing at Ole Miss. Different players, and also if Nick Saban trusts you. You know, it's hard for me not to trust you. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I think they'll be marginally improved just with him running the show. And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's the thing, like you said, like if if the defense can kind of hold serve and the offense can pick it up a little bit, like defense wasn't really the problem last year. It was more so, okay, can we keep pace with some of these teams uh, when it gets to those kind of games, you know, uh, against like last year with Will Levis in Kentucky, can we, can we continue to match scores like that? For good reason, it's brought up, you know, well, Pete Golding, was coaching much better players at Alabama. Well, yeah, obviously, um, you know, they recruit as good as anybody year in, year out. Um, but if you look at his track record and what he did, if you, if you pull out the CV, his 2016 defense at UTSA, 20th and SP plus 10th and success rate, 15th and front seven havoc, 17th and havoc, 25th and S and P and 28th and defensive back havoc. So very, you know, kind of like a professor chaos type defense where, um, a lot of top 30 numbers. Um, and then, yeah, okay, UTSA, they're playing a Conference USA schedule, so how does that translate to an SEC schedule? Okay, fair. But Pete Golding's going to have better players across the board at Ole Miss. You know, Marcus Davenport was a hell of a dude, got drafted in the first round. I think he's going to have a much better roster to work with, so I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. You know, you're not going to have a top 10 unit right away like you did at Bama. Um, but I think they'll be a little bit better um, just depth-wise and just playmakers in general than what he had at UTSA. Because, um, I mean, in year two, they were fifth overall in total defense there. Um, and now SMP, you know, Bill Connolly does a great job. They they allocate the numbers for strength of schedule, and, and they, they factor everything in to where it's not, okay, well, so-and-so playing in the colonial is going to have better numbers because the teams are worse. Like they, they factor all that in Uh, bill bill does a good job there, but yeah, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Like you're not going to be a stalwart defense right away. Like Nick Saban has in Tuscaloosa, but I do think they're going to be respectable enough. That gives Ole Miss a chance to win just about every game. Um, And speaking of that, talking about winning just about every game, uh, you you know, what's your, you know, preseason prediction for Ole Miss you don't have to go game by game but just what's what do you anticipate uh the win-loss record potentially looking like yeah I got the schedule pulled up in front of me here so we we, we could go game by game you know I I think if you I think nine you want three, to let's do it four, <laughs> I think I think that's probably about the way that I would would lean with Ole Miss I mean going yeah. back to that defense I mean the, the games in 2022 that they were able to win 
I look, I look back at that Kentucky game, the 22-19 win over, over Will Levis and company. It was back and forth. It felt like it was sloppy. And, and it was one of those games where, hey, defense, offense is trying to figure it out. Like, we need y'all to hold them to 19 points today. I, I think you probably want less of that. I think you will get less of that with a little bit more of a dynamic approach offensively. But, I mean, mm -hmm. looking at the schedule just from a face value, like the ones that you pencil in is like, hey, probably going to be pretty – you know, solid underdogs, you go to Bama, you got LSU and you got Georgia. Like besides that, every other game I think is, is winnable. And that's not even to say that those games, you know, against LSU and, and against um, Georgia and Bama aren't, you know, winnable. I mean, it's 22 to 18 year olds. So there's a, a extremely high level of variance there. I mean, yeah. the, the game that I'm really curious to see is LSU. Like we were talking about, they come to Vaught Hemingway stadium. And that's a game where, I mean, Ole Miss, for the first half of last year's game, felt like they were very much so in control. Like they got up 14-0. It was one of those things where it's like, hey, is Lane Kiffin just about to kind of put the pedal to the metal here? And then we saw second-half LSU, which kind of became a theme for them, making making runs in the second half. But I have a feeling that that one's going to be a little bit extra personal for them based on the way that last year went and uh, with the things that are in place and how they could go for them, the, the the potential, the horsepower, the firepower, whatever kind of you know verbiage you want to use at this point as we sit here before week zero, I think it's all in place for that game to potentially be a signature kind of win for Lane Kiffin. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 953-8449 and get your free quote today. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage, but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba -ba. Yeah, I'm with you there. Those are the three big ones. 
uh, Georgia, LSU, Bama that I think you could probably, I wouldn't say pencil in a definite loss, but they're mm-hmm. the easily the hardest games on the schedule. Right behind that, uh, Auburn. Ole Miss never plays well on the Plains. They have three wins, J.D. I don't know if you know this. Three wins there since 1999. Wow. Yeah. Did not know that. (laughs) One of those was with Eli Manning, Ben Obamanu dropping the end zone. Another was um, a really talented bunch that Ole Miss had in 2015, and Auburn was really down that year. And then way back in 99 with Romero Miller getting it done. So, yeah, they just do not play well there. A couple of years ago, they had a real shot. Matt Corral gets hurt. The ankle was bomb. He just couldn't move. Um, and that really ended that shot there. But you know that one circled for Lane Kiffin. I don't know if Lane Kiffin will ever admit it. I do not think he is a huge fan of Hugh Freeze. And I think just in general, because of all of the offseason, well, I guess it was in season at certain points with the rumors swirling about him looking at the Auburn job and then opting to stay at Ole Miss, sign an extension. I think that one's going to be circled for him. I think that's going to be a statement game. Um, and, and I think Kiffin as a coach is very methodical and, and and very surgical with how he approaches games that he knows are very winnable. And he looks to make statements. Um, you know, sometimes they can get him in trouble. A couple of years ago, he thought he had a chance to make a statement against Bama. Said, get your popcorn ready. And we all know what happened. I love that personally. That fired me up. I was like, I'll follow that guy anyway. I'll follow yeah. him anywhere. I love that. Yeah, shoot your shot for sure. Um, when 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 Tracy Wilson puts the mic in your face and you know you're about to kick it off at at Bryant Denny, you gotta you gotta let the uh, the competitive juices flow. But yeah, I think that one is big. Just the history there. They do not play well at Auburn, and I think the combination of freeze and they've had some little you know bickering back and forth on Twitter, you know, whether it's playful or not. Um, but yeah, I think that one circled. And then obviously the egg bowl it's on the road. That game never makes sense. So like, even if it's in Starkville, it doesn't matter. Even if it's in Oxford, it doesn't matter. It's, it's one of those, you know, just stupid games. It, it seems like state and Arkansas are the two opponents for Ole Miss where it's just chaos. So um, I expect that one to be circled because of, the importance of winning and just for recruiting and in-state and all of that. But this was very long-winded, but I want to get your thoughts on, on Georgia. I, if you're being realistic as a fan, as someone who covers the sport, Ole Miss is probably looking at being, I don't know, 16 and a half point dog, something like that. Sure. Um, it's late in the year. I, I, I talked with a couple people at media days and they said that that might be Georgia's first ranked opponent, which yeah. is, which is insane. It's not until November. Um, You know, if we're being honest here, I think that's a game that Ole Miss, no pressure, house money, go in, have fun, try to score some points and get out of there healthy. Um, That's not going to be their mindset. They're going to think they can win, but what, you know, what, what do you, what do you anticipate there with, with Carson Beck and, and how they've at that point in the year, I expect them to have it figured out. And, you know, he's got, you know, 10 and two on the steering wheel of the Bugatti and they're in cruise control. But right. what, what 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 kind of fireworks do you expect at Sanford Stadium in November? Yeah, I mean, to echo something you said, LSU, Bama, Georgia, in, in all of these games, you don't pencil anything in for a loss in college football. But this one will be the one where, you know, it's if you if you were to put a, a point spread out right now, this is probably going to be the largest margin looking at those three. Um, the, the thing that's interesting to me is there are so many things that we – 
perceive as definites right now for Georgia going into the season. Like we expect Carson Beck to be the guy, like you said, steering the Ferrari. We're good to go. Just get it to Brock Bowers. He's the alien that the government's been hiding from us. Um, we also assume like, hey, Georgia's going to roll through their schedule. No big deal. What happens if Georgia drops a game week three? Is Carson Beck going to maybe get some noise behind him? Is you know Because they got some some talented guys in that quarterback room, not predicting yeah. it by the stretch. But I'm just very curious to see if all the things that we believe about Georgia right now in August hold true until November. I mean, and in terms of that game, like if I'm Georgia, this has to be the worst spot for them. Short of going to Ole Miss, I know they get him in Sanford, but short of not having home field, like this is the look ahead spot for them before they go to Tennessee. They're playing someone with Lane Kibben who's going to dial it up. You know, there's going to be every single trick in the bag pulled out in that one. And it's in November. So they've heard for however many weeks now at this point that they are the best team if they do get to this game undefeated. And at that point, it's really hard to not start looking up and say, okay, we got Tennessee. Okay, SEC title game. Okay, we got this, we got that. Like, that is the spot where if I'm Kirby Smart, like, I know there's no such thing as complacency in Athens, Georgia. I think that's against the – I think that's against the law in Athens to be complacent, actually, based on what Kirby Smart's done there. But even (laughs) so, man, this is the one where you hammer home, dial it in, bloody Tuesday, all that, because I think Ole Miss is extremely sneaky in that spot. And that's not just something I'm saying because we're on this podcast. Like, we've said this on previous shows and other platforms, and that's the one I'm worried about if I'm Georgia because of where you're sitting. It's a hell of a four-week swing there. You've got the cocktail party October 28th. Then you've got Missouri, who gave them a scare last year. Yeah. And then you go Ole Miss and then to Tennessee, like you said. I mean, that four-week – I mean, that's a big four-week period for Georgia in there. If they want a three-peat, that's – I mean, they have to win all four, obviously. Um, I mean, they're going to be favored in every game this year. Yep. And I, I think I remember – maybe it was last month, I think there was – I think Ole Miss was, you know, maybe the SPN, ESPN, FPI um, had them pre- predicted to win every game, but I think two, if I remember mm. that correctly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a fun one because, you know, Kiffin and Kirby, they've worked together. They have history. Um, and so, yeah, Kiffin's going to have some things ready for for Kirby, and Kirby's going to do the same. Um, last thing here, I'm going to ask you more of a bigger picture national question because I'm just fascinated to see this. What, what I think is going to happen. Do you think Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino will be able to coexist this year? Because I do not think question. so. That's a tremendous question. So full transparency, I don't know enough about their interpersonal workings. I think on paper, there's a lot that makes sense there. But I mean, to your point and to, to what I would imagine your point would be here, like Jimbo Fisher having to surrender his arts and craft project that is the offensive play calling responsibilities for AM on Saturdays. Like that's that's who he's been. Like throughout the entirety of his of his career, it's been Jimbo Fisher, you know, and the label right next to him is offensive guru, quarterback expert. He's this great offensive mind. And then you go out and score like 22 points a game last year. Yeah, we got to make some make some switches here. So whether he was forced to or not to hire Bobby Petrino, like that is that is some humble pie. And so I will say mm-hmm. this too. I think with AM, whether it works or not, I don't think we're gonna have to wait till November 4th to find out when they play Ole Miss. Okay. Is this this whole thing working? Like I think if it's on fire in a negative way, we're gonna see smoke clouds from a ways away and say, Oh boy, we got some we got some problems in college station. So yeah, uh all that's to say, I do think it will work just based on philosophy and based on 
how much talent they have. There, there's yeah. a feeling almost like you're working against yourself. Like it, it's hard to not capitalize on that talent, which they they did last year. So to do it two years in a row would be impressive. Um, but I think ultimately too much talent. I like Connor Wegman. I think they kind of get back on track this year and I uh, think they find a way to make it work. All right. That's JD Piquel on three hard count on YouTube everywhere. Pretty much everywhere you get your, your, your video footage. <laughs> Uh, you get your uh, your intake of on three video. Um, tell the folks where they can find you. I know you're you're talking to our buddy Ben here in a little bit. He will be on another show that you do. But yeah, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, man. Well, one, I appreciate you having me on too. Just kind of like you said, any way you want it, that's the way we got it for you. So if you're a podcast person, we're on Apple and Spotify. You go ahead and type in the hard count with JD Pacquel, and then. If you're more of a video person, you want to tune into the live show, we're Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, live at 11 a.m. Eastern. But, I mean, we got clips every single day of the week talking college football. So, Zach, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you having me on. And this was a blast. I'm excited for us to, to get done talking about ball and actually start playing some yeah. ball. should be a good time, man. Yeah. You know where to find J.D. now. You also need to know where you can find Ole Miss at Home Field Apparel. Mm. The drop is on Saturday. Remember promo code TOC23. JD, if you want to get you some Ole Miss swag, you can throw that, throw that promo code on there, 15% off. They will do a full tease on Friday, and then Saturday is when you need to get the credit card ready because it is going to be heat. 14 pieces, full collection. This has been in the works for a long time. People have been clamoring for home field to have mm -hmm. Ole Miss. So homefieldapparel.com. Saturday, August 26th is when it drops. Promo code TOC23 for your first order. You get 15% off. So with that, shout out to Homefield, the rest of the sponsors that make the show possible. And of course, shout out to JD for joining us. He's a busy, busy man as week zero is here. Um, but we'll do this again. Uh, we'll do this again later this year. This was fun. Heck yeah, Zach. Anytime, man. Appreciate you, brother. All right. That's going to do it for Daytime Fireworks Special Edition with JD Piquel. We'll be back. Later this week, we'll have much more podcasts for you. So until then, we out.